Hey everyone, welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people who are in a relationship with TV. It's the end of dreary January, so I hate to break it to you, but we're still talking about terrible men. (laughs) It just so happens that every brand new buzzworthy series that we want to watch is about a murderer Mm -hmm. and like sociopathic serial killer murderers. Yeah. Like, this wasn't even planned. No. If anything, we wish we could, like, stagger it more Mm -hmm. with some light, happy shows. But Netflix and just all these other streaming services understand that January is the worst. Mm -hmm. And so this will be the last one for a while, I think. Yeah. I think we're going to lighten it up after this. Yeah. And to um, lighten up things this week for our top three we decided to rank our top three feel-good shows. Yes. So these are the shows that we go to when we need to feel uplifted and happy and take a break from the depressing emo shows. Exactly. Or, like, if I'm just having a bad day. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, yeah. So just all of the above. Do you want to start this week? Sure. Number three, I said... Um, Parks and Rec. I just feel like that's a show I can always just pick any episode, watch it, and laugh, and be happy, and I just watched an episode, like, this week, and I was like, I just love it. It's so good. So, yeah, that's my number three. I have a lot to add, but I'll wait because it shows up on my list, too. Great. (laughs) But you can't deny the feel-good, the feel-good good aspects of the show it just you can't watch it and feel sad no it's impossible my number three is Seinfeld oh I'm surprised that's your number three I just the my other ones I feel like because Seinfeld is like it makes me so happy but it's also like like it's more of your filler show not necessarily your like go-to to make me happy yeah like it's not necessarily some of the the other ones on my list are more of like a special occasion, yeah, kind of thing. And Seinfeld is like a constant in my life, exactly. But I have been relying on Seinfeld as we've been watching you and Versace, and then this week's shows, mm-hmm. like because a it's my filler that I'm using right now. But it also like if I end on a Seinfeld episode, I feel great. Yeah, like I watched a Seinfeld episode after. I watched Hereditary for the first time last week, Mm -hmm. and I didn't even have any weird dreams at all. Oh, perfect. It was great. Yeah. And also, I really want it to be on my list because, like, if I am feeling weighed down, like, the documentary we watched weighed me down so much yesterday when I watched it. And Seinfeld is great because... There, everything on the show is all about like trivial problems, mm-hmm. and so it kind of just like brings you back to reality and reminds yeah. you of like there's like little annoyances in life and finding all the comedy in that. And like I laugh out loud when I watch it still, even mm-hmm. though it's so like I've seen so many of the episodes so many times. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, that was the same reason why I chose Parks and Rec because the episode I watched this last week, I didn't watch the whole thing, but it was the episode where they go hunting. And Ron gets shot. And, like, even something like that is technically still, like, pretty um, sad and heavy. But it was, like, so (laughs) lighthearted. That is one of my favorite episodes of all time. It's so good. Um, Okay. So for number two, 
I said, or I'm saying, <laughs> late night interviews. That's such a good one. And it's such a you one. Yeah, thank you. Um, when I was making my list, this came to me like a lightning bolt. And I was like, duh. I will watch interviews from Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Colbert, Busy Tonight, like Seth. I watch them all. And like on YouTube and anytime I'm feeling like I need something that like lighthearted and... Mm-hmm. And it's good because it's so quick. Exactly. Like, so it can be five minutes or I'll watch a ton and it will be take up like two hours of my time. <laughs> it's also great because that's how I learn a lot of good stories and trivia about celebrities because you've watched the interviews and mm-hmm. then you like tell me all these great facts. Mm-hmm. I love that one. It's really good. Thank you. Okay, so my number two is Parks and Rec. And I wrote um, in my notes specifically seasons two and three mm. and sometimes even primarily two. Just because um, the issues on the show that season, it's like they're all resolved in one episode. And that season is just like so familiar to me that it just feels like my friends. Yeah, <laughs> And it's yeah. so funny. And it's funny that you specifically said the hunting one because I have that on my list. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's I, hilarious. It's such a funny one. Like it I was really just looking is. at the list of season two's episodes to pick out some of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. And that one, like it makes me laugh. Just remembering what happens in the episode. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Of each character, you Mm -hmm. know? It's hilarious. And, like, they find themselves in these situations, but it's not in a stressful way to me. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, the perfect pick-me-up show, like you said. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down... I was remembering how much I love the camel episode, where they're trying to replace the mural. Oh, yeah. And everyone has, like, these awful (laughs) ideas. And it's just, like, so funny and... It just, um, I just love the characters on that show so much. They're all really good. And they're all my best friends. It's also good because Leslie's such a positive influence. Mm -hmm. So it just like, it's like she's this fictional uh, life coach. Totally. So it's just like a very uplifting influence when I watch it. Yeah. Um, Okay, my number one is... I know I've already talked about this a little bit before, but it is honestly crucial to my week. It's Current Mood by John Mayer. This is the best answer. (laughs) If you are not following John Mayer, shame on you. If you are not, you don't, and actually, I don't even care if you follow him, but you need to tune in to his Sunday night TV show because... He started making it as a way to tackle his own loneliness and, like, Sunday night sad feelings, which is so relatable, and we all have them. And he is just, like, really uplifting, really funny, has amazing guests. Just this Sunday, he had Andy Cohen, and their conversation was so hilarious. I was laughing so hard. And I was just glad none of my roommates were home because they probably (laughs) thought I was a psycho. I was laughing out loud downstairs. We should have been laughing together, but we were all in our our own cozy spots. There's also something about watching it alone on your phone because it feels like this intimate experience with John. At one time we watched it, we like airdropped it onto the TV, but it wasn't the same because I just like having it so close to me and like... (laughs) Reading all of the celebrity comments and you can, commenting. You can kiss your phone. I can kiss it. Do whatever I want. 
Ew. <laughs> Take that for what you want. And it, well, and it was really fun watching it in a group, but it was a very different experience. Yeah. Very different. So I personally like watching it alone, but like commenting on things and seeing my friends commenting too. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like communicating about it in the chat and then also texting about it after. Or I'll like, I was texting Jordan on my laptop about it while it was happening. I knew you were doing that because I was so <laughs> jealous because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to reply, but I can't get like exit I, out of the video. I was like, is this mean that I'm texting her? I was hoping that <laughs> it, you were well, on your laptop too. I was not. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I know there were certain texts that went a long stretch <laughs> without me responding. There were some that you were like commenting on something that happened that was so funny that I had to respond right then. <laughs> he, he, uh, this week's episode, he dives deep into that viral photo of him at Andy Cohen's baby shower, where it's literally Andy, every single real housewife that's ever happened. Yeah. And like in history and John, <laughs> and it's so funny. Like I want to hang that picture in my room. You should, you should make it into a puzzle. Damn it. Whoa. No, I'm so sad that I said that because that's the perfect present. <laughs> that is brilliant. So it's such a good idea that I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> so anyway, it honestly makes me really happy and it really has like taken down my Sunday night anxiety like 20 notches. Well, you it's you have something to look forward to. Yeah. And he also always gives a little sermon at the end. And so, like, yesterday's show, he gave everyone a ticket for one, like, a coupon for one freak out. <laughs> and, like, he's just the best. It's, like, a legitimate thing that he, like, really cares about and he's not getting paid for. And, like, he's just doing it out of the kindness of his heart and, like, for his own happiness. And mm-hmm. I totally love that because, A, I kind of relate to it with this podcast and yeah that's so true i just like it when people can be relatable and share things that uplift and make people feel happy especially on social media because you should only do stuff on social media that is like happy and uplifting and Mm -hmm. that's what he does and doing oh sorry and doing things that's for you yeah because it's your own profile exactly i have very strong feelings about that yeah that's a whole other topic but exactly Mm -hmm. and so that to me you're right that's like kind of the epitome of owning your own social media like what it could be yeah like instead of anxiety inducing and just getting caught up in comparing Mm -hmm. to other profiles just completely creating your own thing Mm -hmm. being like the curator of your own profile yeah And also, this will be the last thing I talk about it. I could talk about this for hours and hours. (laughs) But he also will invite musical guests that he just thinks are, like, amazing musicians. And a lot of times they match up with who I also think is an amazing musician. And so it's fun because he's, like, totally praising this person Sunday. It was Maggie Rogers, and I am a big Maggie Rogers fan. And so it was just fun because it felt like so the way that he was reacting to her is a similar way that I would react if I were, like, interviewing her. But it's, like, you would think he doesn't get, like, all, like, starry-eyed over musicians, but he totally does. One thing that I was really in awe and kind of in love with that interview, too. Mm-hmm. Well, the performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, and he said they didn't ever even rehearse it. No. It was so beautiful. 
I kept wanting to like comment this, but I couldn't really word it weird. I kept wording it like differently than I wanted to. But those two, like the way they talked about music was so cool. Like they both had this poetic way with words Mm -hmm. and it makes sense that they write these great songs. Mm -hmm. Like they can't even stop themselves from speaking like that. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I loved it. So if you're ever feeling sad, they're on his Instagram TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're and, all archived, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, so go watch them. They really have a way of making you feel happy. That is a perfect answer. Thank you. Okay, my number one is The Great British Bake Off. Oh, I for sure thought you were going to say Bob's Burgers. Well, that one is one of my bonuses for sure. Yeah. But I have, I can apply Bob's Burgers to literally anything. Exactly. So I figured, and this one is like, because Bob's Burgers is another Seinfeld for me, like a filler yeah. Yeah, yeah. constant show. Like, it just is a matter of which is my current show I have going on a loop. British Bake Off is one that is, like, fills a more specific need for me mm-hmm. because I'm not, like, a huge, I don't seek out a ton of ASMR, but I feel like this is kind of, like, <laughs> close to ASMR for me because it's extremely soothing like, even just how the show looks, it's all, everyone's stationed in the baking tent, all the tools and cupboards and refrigerators are all, like, various pastels. They're really cute and nice. And, but it's also not, because before I started watching it myself, all I ever heard was, like, everyone's nice and it's just so cute and sweet. And I was like, that sounds boring. Yeah. But it's not boring at all. It's actually really compelling. And all the people, yes, they're nice, but they're also very witty and, like, sarcastic. Mm. Because, like, kind of in that British way Mm -hmm. of just, like, extreme dry humor. And so it's very funny. And it's also really just satisfying seeing these people that are so gifted, like, create new things that they're really excited about. Mm -hmm. And it's also not as stressful as certain, I mean, it has, like mildly stressful situations because like if something isn't baking right or whatever under the time limit but there's also low stakes in each episode because they're not even competing for money they're like just competing to win the competition and like they all help each other if someone's dough isn't rising or whatever so it's just really really upbeat and happy and very calming i love that Yeah, I can, I'll be honest and say I actually haven't ever watched it because I am usually turned off by happy things like that. So hearing your response to that, that it's also like compelling, um, I should definitely watch it. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I don't know if I would have started it alone just because I had kind of had these expectations like you're saying. Yeah, it um, seems like a show I would watch in, like, a group setting if, like, someone else turned it on, but mm-hmm. not something I would turn on myself. That's how I started, yeah. because my sister was watching it. Because also, I'm just not really into cooking shows, and so I was just like, you know, I have my fill of reality shows that I like, like, I don't need a new one. Yeah. But it is great. I really love it. Well, good answer. Thank you. Two bonuses that I had also were New Girl. Mm, that's a great one. And... Gilmore Girls. Which seasons of Gilmore Girls would be, like, your go-to pick-me-up? 
I'm not as picky as you. I feel like I just like those shows because they're, like, comforting. So, like, any episode is probably good for me. I like the later seasons more than most people because I was usually Team Logan. And most people hated Rory at that point. I... Well, it's... Since I didn't watch them when they were on... Yeah. I feel very disconnected from Team fill-in-the-blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't really feel like I was team anyone because they all were very flawed, Mm -hmm. but I liked Logan. Well, (laughs) it's funny. That makes me think of when, um, right before the new Netflix ones came out, Mm -hmm. my dad was watching (laughs) them all for the first time, and he was like, I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to date Logan. Like, (laughs) he's rich, and he's fun. (laughs) So I think on paper, and I'm not a Logan fan by any means, Mm -hmm. Because let's just say all of Rory's boyfriends on the whole series are, like, so flawed, it's kind of crazy they even wrote them that way. Yeah. But on paper, Logan is the winner just because he, like... Well, he's, like, smart. stable in a way. Stable. And, like, he kind of gives Rory room to just, like, be herself and also, like, isn't super, like, codependent or anything. Mm -hmm. And most of... He's definitely not codependent. no. no. (laughs) And Rory's going through things on her own and kind of is annoying herself. And it's not because of her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I don't really tie them together, if that makes sense. Yeah, I so like her kind of personal drama. I think sometimes Logan makes it a little worse, but it's not all centered around him. Yeah. It's more her just like her confusion about her future and feeling like shaken for the first time. Yeah. So I just think that that sometimes gets... Um, clumped together with Logan and people don't like Logan because of those things but I think that they're pretty separate and I think he did a pretty good job at like letting her choose what she wanted to do yeah no I think that's true I think that it's funny just because I think his main flaw in their relationship is that sometimes he just straight up doesn't care yeah like he doesn't care enough about her maybe at certain times but they're also young and like he's going through his own stuff too Mm -hmm. I also think people hate him just for the, the fact that he's not Jess. Yeah. Which I've... I think Milo is so freaking cute in those early seasons. Yeah, but... The whole Jess- show. But he's a horrible boyfriend. Yeah. No, no, no. So I've never really understood. I know he's hot, but, like, you know who else was hot? Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of weird saying segue. that because I don't really think that... Thank you. I don't think Ted Bundy's hot, but women of the 70s did. And he's a serial killer. And who knows how Jess may have... Again, <laughs> it's just the problem of of women romanticizing attractive men, forgetting their all their flaws, which is like mm-hmm. you. We talked about that with the show you, mm-hmm. and um, even uh, you know Andrew Kinnanen and yeah. the Versace show. Mm-hmm. Like they all have that in common. Yeah, we will obviously dive into that. Deeper, Spoiler alert! And we'll stop discussing Gilmore Girls. At yeah, length. this wasn't a Gilmore Girl episode, <laughs> but. That was a good discussion, though. Yeah, it was. Um, one of my other bonuses was America's Next Top Model. Oh, yeah, yeah, That just brings me pure joy, so. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like last year I watched it a lot, so I need, and it's like I know it too well, so I need to, like, give some myself some space from it before I get a little bit about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll feel more new again. Yeah. But I do love it. And Bob's Burgers. Okay. Good list. Thank you. Okay, first things first, did you see the new Barry trailer? No. 
Yeah, there's a new trailer. Oh my god, And it's so good. I'm so excited to watch it. So, all of you need to go watch it too. I loved seeing pictures of the the cast at the SAG Awards on Sunday. Oh yeah, that was cute. They all just seem like they have a really great time together. Yeah. I love that. Okay, next item of business. Did you hear that Elizabeth Reeser is going to be on the next season of Handmaid's Tale? What? Isn't that exciting? Whoa, she's going to be a good fit. I know. I was like, oh, I can totally picture it. Elizabeth Reeser, for the background, is the girl from The Haunting of Hill House and Twilight. Mm-hmm. The mom on Twilight and... And Family Stone. Oh, yeah. And she's on Family Stone. Three things. <laughs> Three things. You were going to say great, but then you remember Twilight was in that list, right? You can read me like a book. <laughs> Three iconic things. Yes. Iconic. No one can say Twilight isn't iconic, no. even if it's not my personal cup of tea. Yeah. I still, you have to respect it. It's mm-hmm. a, a pop cultural phenomenon. Yes. Um, That's actually so funny. You like, it's like a, you could read through my brain. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving all my news and then you can give yours. Is that okay. fine? Yeah. We'll, we'll end with something, uh, lighthearted. Really bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing I have is that Riverdale is doing a musical episode again. It was announced. <sighs> I really hated their musical episode. And so I'm very worried about it. It's the Heathers. Oh. So are they doing, like, songs from Heathers? From the actual musical they did? Yeah, apparently. Oh. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. Well, Heathers... I was hoping you could enlighten me. Here's all that I know about Heathers the musical. I don't know if it, I think it was only off-Broadway. I'm not sure if it ever was, like, official, like, kind of, like, a limited thing on off-Broadway. Okay. And I've wanted to listen to the songs to that on Spotify, actually, but they only have kind of, like, an EP, Hmm. like, three or four songs. But they're all really good. The Riverdale cast is going to be singing nine songs. That is so interesting. It's almost like the debut of this musical to, like, the masses. That's weird. So... Anyway, I'm worried. I don't know about it. We'll see. What um what musical did they do before? Carrie. Oh yeah. Was that a real musical on the stage or did they write it for the episode? Do you know? I have no idea. Cause that seems like an it seems in line with this if it were like kind of a an off Broadway indie musical. Yeah. But what a weird choice. That's so bizarre. Huh. I agree. Okay. What's you what you got? Well, today I heard the shocking news that my not a joke soulmate, Jason Ritter, and his fiance, the amazing actor Melanie Linsky, had a baby last month and they didn't even tell her. No one gave me a baby announcement, Jason nor Melanie. <laughs> it's shocking because I had no idea she was even pregnant. Well, it's funny because just this last weekend, (laughs) Jordan was telling me how she was convinced they might have broken up. Well, they were, it was like um, radio silence from Mm -hmm. both of them, except for a couple tweets here and there. He started posting on his Instagram again, Mm -hmm. briefly, and they hadn't been liking each other's rare tweets as much, but I guess it's because they were busy giving birth and raising a newborn baby. But I was like, I was, I really like them as a couple, but I was kind of, since Sundance is coming up, I was hoping maybe they broke up so then I could try and make him be my boyfriend. 
Honestly, it was like best worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm, so. I'm really, it's like, they're just two sweet, sensitive people that I think are going to be like the most tender hearted parents ever. And if anyone were going to be the mother of his children and not me, then I'm happy it's her. <laughs> so congratulations. We're happy for them. So monotone. Adele's we playing in the background. Them. <laughs> Just gotta listen to someone like you on a loop. <laughs> All right. Well, back to that perfect segue. We watched mm-hmm. the Ted Bundy tapes <laughs> yes. on Netflix. And it's perfect timing because they were released right before the premiere of the new Ted Bundy Sundance movie starring Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. And it was made by the same person. That is so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I saw an interview. His name, So his name is Joe Berlinger, and who directed both this documentary and the Sundance movie. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't ever realized that until I was watching it. But then I also watched um, an interview from Sundance with the cast. And Lily Collins kind of in like a little... One of her comments in one of her interviews was that she plays... Ted Bundy's girlfriend, mm-hmm. like right before he first gets arrested, I think. Mm-hmm. And the movie is from technically, it's just about her and her story and kind of from her perspective. Yeah, which is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. But she said that she was really excited to have this part because her words were that because this film was coming from the perspective of a documentarian. And so that I was like, oh, that is so, this is very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And knowing, after watching this documentary, it makes me really even more intrigued for the movie because it must be, pay such close attention to detail, hopefully. Yeah, and like be pretty true to the story. Yeah. I mean, even just the outfits, I was like, okay, yeah, I've seen a picture of Zac Efron wearing that, Mm -hmm. that, that. Mm -hmm. So even that made me excited. Mm -hmm. But they pretty much... They kind of, like, blew through the part of the girlfriend that Lily plays. They didn't really talk a ton about her in the documentary, so I think that will be interesting. Yeah, because I I really do have a lot of questions about her. Mm -hmm. So my take of the Ted Bundy tapes was, if you already know a lot about it, you probably won't learn anything new and you might be bored. For me, I had known a lot about the story, but it was kind of like bits and pieces here and there, just from, like, Growing up in Utah, people, like, visiting Ted Bundy's cave and, like, stuff like that. Like, I knew the story, but I didn't... I hadn't ever, like, sat down and listened to it or, like, read about it all at once. So I kind of liked having it all laid out for me. But I have heard from a few people that they were pretty bored. I definitely agree with that. I I wouldn't say necessarily that I was full-on bored. Yeah. Because I do think the whole saga is really interesting but I didn't learn a ton of new things there were some details I hadn't known and some things in the timeline for example I hadn't known that he was arrested in the middle like kind of if you're looking at the timeline of all the women that he killed Mm -hmm. I hadn't known that he had like been in custody and in prison in the middle of that and that he escaped Mm -hmm. like I just kind of assumed he had just gotten caught at the very end yeah so that was pretty crazy to me mm-hmm. yeah a lot of it was kind of like a basic overview but since the story's so interesting i wouldn't say i was bored maybe in the last episode i got it i was kind of 
ready oh, for it see, to be and over. I, thought, I was thinking of it the other way around. Oh, really? I thought the last episode was the most interesting and exciting because it was interesting to see how all of the public reacted to Ted Bundy and, like, his execution and the different people, like, law enforcement people who dealt with him and, like, their response to it was very interesting to me and not something that I knew before. So, like, it kind of just made me feel a little weird that, like, everyone was just, like, cheering. It, I, I don't well, know. I didn't know how to feel. It was very interesting. I think that was one of the parts that brought me back in in the yeah. final episode. I think I was really... Uh, the part when I started zoning out was when they were kind of just talk like, finishing up the stuff with the journalism stuff. And he was kept, like, trying to defend himself to them, like, at post... Uh, verdict mm-hmm. i just kind of zoned out because i was like he's just kind of saying the same thing like oh i didn't do whatever blah, blah, blah. yeah i feel like i was zoned out too until he actually started doing the confessing yeah well i yeah i agree and it really it's just so crazy like because i'm thinking about the people that were like holding parties the day he was being executed and stuff yeah like it's so crazy that his whole i don't want to say career but like these Everything about him, he's always caused such a stir. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so, like, infamous. And it's just so bizarre. It like, is very until bizarre. literally the day that he died. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Like, why? Because I think he's fascinating as, like, an evil serial killer as much as any other serial killer. But it's weird that some people, they were, like, obsessed with him for good or for bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. It actually, something I thought of. And this was more, like, around his initial trial, so back, like, in the 80s. Like, the fact that he was so popular in the media and stuff, it it just, it's not the same, but when someone is, like, getting this much attention, and I think of, like, the election in 2016, Mm -hmm. even if you're saying all these bad things and you're you're still kind of glorifying them, Mm -hmm. like, even if you're, you're, like, so obsessed with hating them, you're still obsessed with them. Mm -hmm. And, like... Cardi B is, like, the epitome of that. She's like, you're still talking about me, so... Yeah, and it it goes... I mean, because people can say that about, like, Taylor Swift. Like, that year, her 1989 tour, how everyone... Like, I feel like that was the year that everyone really, really started hating on her. Mm -hmm. And it's because there was an article every single day about, like, who she brought on tour and stuff. And it's like, you're still, like, taking time to complain about her. Mm -hmm. But, so it's just as... So I feel like it gets to be super dangerous when it's someone like Trump or like Ted Bundy, where you're devoting all this time and energy to like write all these like back with Ted Bundy in the 70s, all these news articles about him. Like, totally. it's just so weird. No, I agree. And I was actually thinking of the, uh, the same thing. Yeah. And it was weird to see the contrast of like people who were like, he's hot. Even saying that makes me want to vomit. People were like, I believe, or like, I want him to kidnap me. And like, stuff like that. And then also the people who were like throwing parties because he was executed. It was just like a weird balance that I honestly am still kind of trying to process. That's what I, that's why I don't understand. Like, why did he have this magnetism to people? For people. Well, and the other thing is, so back to the movie, the Sundance movie, the music in that trailer is very weird to me. And I know it's been said on, it's been talked about online, but it kind of seems like they're kind of glorifying him. And I, 
I'm pretty sure that that's not how the movie turns out. I haven't seen it yet, but um, from what I've read, it's not like that. But, like, they shouldn't have done that in the trailer, I don't no. think. It makes it seem like it's, like, a fun, quirky camp character. Yeah, it's weird. And, and not like he legitimately, like, murdered over 30 women. Yeah. And some that even he couldn't tell you who they were because he mm-hmm. cut their heads off. Yep. And, like, like, raped them after they were murdered. Exactly. Like, it's not something to make light of. No. At all. I, one of the, I haven't read any full reviews of it yet because, knock on wood, maybe we can get tickets <laughs> this week to go yeah, see we're, it. we're still trying to see it. But, um, one review I read... And because I'm a Zac Efron fan, not just because he's a beautiful angel, but because I think he's a really good actor. And I'm curious to see how he does. But I've read one review from one of my favorite movie critics, uh, Richard Lawson with Vanity Fair. He brought up the point that he's like, Zac Efron's really good in this, but this movie felt unnecessary because like, do we need more stories of of these like male serial killers like of all this violence against women so yeah. it'll be especially interesting when it was like in the 70s so it's not even like current and like yeah you can take stuff like and learn a little bit from it maybe but like none of it is really anything that's like it's just like seems like okay we get it well and it's also interesting because that's a little bit how i feel about this documentary like did it need to be four episodes long maybe yeah and it is like it's still it's like you're saying it's educational if you don't already know the story but i don't i think it's maybe like you're saying in that last episode maybe they do kind of bring up some interesting new view like viewpoints about people's obsession with him but i almost wish they'd covered that more directly like say like say um make a new statement on it or something Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I still think it's worth a watch. Yeah. I would say give it a watch if you're intrigued by that sort of thing. But don't feel like you have to watch it. It's not like new or groundbreaking. Unlike this other documentary we watched. It's called Abandoned... What? It's called Kidnapped in Plain... What's it called? (laughs) It's called Abducted in Plain Sight. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Okay, so Abducted in Plain Sight. There's so many crazy things that we're not going to... There's it, it some would, parts that we've already discussed that we will not bring up because we want you to be as shocked as we were. Yeah, like, it would ruin the experience if we told you. Mm-hmm. It's... I could never have guessed where it went. But, like, what we will tell you will already sound pretty crazy, so... Yeah. Crazy enough to get you to watch it. Exactly. This is in the 70s in Pocatello, Idaho, and there's this family that has three daughters, and they befriend their neighbors. I don't remember if they were next-door neighbors, but they lived on their street. were, but yeah, I can't remember. They befriend their neighbors, and the dad of this other family becomes obsessed with the oldest daughter, who's 12 at the time. Well, and, like, their families become friends and they like, they're like extremely close like the parents are best friends with their parents all the kids match up in age so they all hang out all the time mm-hmm. and yeah the dad especially would come over and like hang out with the girls and kind of took a more of a liking to jan was she the oldest yeah so he takes a liking to her and how old was she she so he eventually kidnaps her mm-hmm. and when he kidnaps her she's 12 
and he's 40. But I think he was, like, establishing that trust Mm -hmm. for years before that. Yeah. But it sounded like, because did the new family move in on the street and then they befriended them? I feel like they gave him that fruit basket. Yeah, which was weird. (laughs) That is, like, that fruit basket present is, like, the reason this family trusted them so much. (laughs) The dad was very impressed by the fruit basket. I, he had to have moved in. Their, this other family met them. It sounded like their oldest daughter, Jan, was like eight or nine. Okay. that's I think that's right. But yeah, so basically this dad who's obsessed with their oldest daughter, ta- he says that he wants to take her horseback riding. And the mom's like, well, like, I don't. I don't know if that's a good idea, but she like really wants to go. Night. Yeah, but she lets him take her horseback riding, and then he ends up kidnapping her. Drugging yep. her and kidnapping her. Mm-hmm. And doesn't come back for, like, a month. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, at least 30 days Yeah, that time. And they didn't even contact the police about it for, like, five days. Yeah, because they were, like, worried about the inconvenience. Uh-huh. And, like, the <sighs> wife of the kidnapper was like, they'll come back, don't contact the police. So... Anyway, it's that story. And there's much, much more yes. to the story, but that is the gist. Mm-hmm. That's what sets everything off at the beginning of the documentary. Yeah. But it's very interesting because the parents basically enable this kidnapper and... Um, it's disgusting. Make it way too easy for him and keep letting him in their lives even after the first kidnapping. It's like... They're shockingly trusting mm-hmm. when they literally know they should not trust this man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is after he kidnaps her for a month. And they still let him in their lives. He, he blackmails them. Well, and so much of it, they let happen to their daughter, who they love. It's not like they were technically, like, directly abusive parents. Mm-hmm. But... Because they are so paranoid about their own reputations, they allow more to happen. Like, they allowed for him to sleep in her bed for, like, what was it? Like, five nights out of the week? Yeah, for, like, six months. Mm-hmm. It's, it's truly disgusting. I will say that I don't know if part of it was this month-long binge of, like, <laughs> horrifying stories, mm-hmm. but... I left this one feeling just sick. And so do I. And I usually don't feel that affected by these shows because I, I don't know, I have a black heart. But like (laughs) this show really made me just feel like so disgusted and confused. And like, how did, how did they let this happen? I think for me, part of the reason I think why I felt just so awful and disturbed by this one was a lot to do with how negligent and selfish and stupid and naive the parents were. Because, like, you, your job is to keep your children safe, and you're literally, like, throwing your daughter to the wolves, to the exact person you know she should never be around again. And also, though, because such a huge part of this was his brainwashing of the little girl. Because that kind of stuff just freaks me out. Like, that kind of, like, grooming for abuse... It's just so messed up that it's so deliberate like that. And it's always obviously horrible, but just like how long he worked at this, mm-hmm. it is just wild, horrifying. 
One thing that they mentioned on both the Ted Bundy documentary thing and this documentary, and is mentioned all the time, it's like, they lived in a neighborhood where they never had to lock their doors. And, like, that's how it always begins. So maybe let's just be safe and, like, lock your doors. And, like, ask questions. Yeah, maybe someone's not going to break into your house because you live in a pretty safe area, but might as well lock your door. And, like, that is just, like, a very simple way to, like, avoid getting into these situations. So, like, Mm -hmm. again, maybe don't let a grown man sleep in your daughter's bed. Like, just, like, very simple things that seem like common sense. Common sense. I don't know. But they, the thing is that the parents were also easily brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And, like, the dad literally says to that man, like, it's okay, I trust you. Like, why would you trust this person? And I have in all caps that basically the lessons that this drives home is that truly if something seems or feels wrong, it's wrong. Or, it, and if it's not wrong, you need to find proof that it's not wrong you need to ask for clarification. Always better to be safe rather than sorry. Always. Okay. And you're also allowed to not inherently trust someone. You're allowed to ask for some verification on things. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of this, it's like, it happened, most of the people in this Pocatello town were Mormon. And I think that a lot of that trust came because this man was also Mormon. That doesn't, if something feels wrong, it's still wrong. You can't make certain assumptions about someone, you know. Well, also back to the Ted Bundy documentary series is that there were people, he was baptized and in their ward, when he was arrested, they all came to his side and they were like, he didn't do this. We love him. He's such a good guy. And like, just because you share a common religion or, like, you know them, does not mean that you should automatically jump to defend them. Ask questions. Just because they're nice to you does not mean they're not something else to someone else. No. I mean, we are basically experts on sociopaths now. (laughs) A sociopath is able to turn it on and off. And so they are able to act as though they are charming and a good person when it like suits them you know yeah it just because someone is polite doesn't mean they aren't capable of something truly awful and another thing that really bothered me in this in the abducted bo- documentary was when jan who was the girl who was kidnapped when she is telling her story for the first time to her family and her sister now as an adult when she said It made me very uncomfortable. I didn't want to hear it. And I don't think my parents wanted to hear it. And I was like, big freaking deal. This is real life. This happened to your sister. Like, just be, yeah, of course it's uncomfortable. It's a nightmare. But the truth needs to get out, you know? It was interesting that they talked about that because I had actually been thinking about and talking about that with some people in regards to the Michael Jackson documentary that just came out at Sundance. Because one of the boys who was molested as a child by Michael Jackson, his mom says in the interview that she's never heard details of what happened and doesn't want to hear details. And so there was a question of, like, whether or not that's okay or not. 
And so I don't know. I've just been thinking about that. And then it was interesting that the parents said the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, they enabled it. And, ugh. It's hard. I I have a hard time also because, yeah, the parents were idiots. And I think a lot of it was their fault. But I also don't want to take away from how terrible the kidnapper was. True. Like, like he was truly a monster. He's a true criminal. Her parents were just idiots and didn't do enough to protect her. But, like, they also loved her. And a lot of kids don't even have that those kinds of parents that love them enough to care. And so it's just, like, it's very conflicting because... I want to be like, those parents are the worst, blah, blah, blah. But also, like, we wouldn't even be talking about it if it weren't for the kidnapper and how terrible he was. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, and that's kind of my thinking when I said, like, they weren't directly abusive to her. Yeah. They were a loving family. I think one thing that I took away from it is that if ever I have my own children in my family, I want it to be a place where we can talk about those kinds of things because the fact that they couldn't even, even after knowing she was kidnapped by this evil man, they still didn't really want to talk about what had happened to her. No, they just sent her back to school and like that was it. It's crazy. And so I, a household that, that what I desire as like if I'm a potential parent and how I would want to feel with my own parents is have a place where you can talk about those things that are really difficult to talk about. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that there's this evil in the world. It's also so weird because in the documentary, when they say, we didn't even know what a child molester was. And I was like, okay, it's not like it's 1800. It's 1974. Which which was around the same time as Ted Bundy, which I thought was interesting. Yes. It's like the same year Mm -hmm. as a lot of murders that were not happening far away from Idaho Mm -mm. at all. And so it's like... I think there were some that happened in Idaho from Ted Bundy, weren't there? Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's so crazy. So to me, that was so jarring that it's like... It just kind of breaks my heart that that's your worldview. Like, obviously, no one wants to seek out awful things like that in their real lives, but you have to be aware. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it is important to watch things like this and hear stories like this, because, like, you don't want to live your life completely paranoid and, no. like, expecting the worst in everyone you meet. But if this will help you if something feels off. Because mm-hmm. if you know that things like this are possible... Yeah, you can watch for the signs. Exactly. And so if you just block yourself off, like that sister who just felt uncomfortable and too, and like couldn't handle it because she was so sad. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's heartbreaking, but you have to know... Also, it didn't even happen to you. <sighs> it was crazy. I just... I can't get how past the fact that she called it uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not exactly the word she meant to use, I hope, because that se- makes it seem so... Like, too light. Yeah. Yeah. But it just really stood out to me of, like, why stuff like this is important so you can prevent it in the future. Yeah. I agree. It was heavy stuff. It was very heavy. And another note thing, the last thing I took from this was never trust a man with a tape recorder. That, that's the tagline. (laughs) Literally don't. I mean, it's like, we've watched, well, because it all ties back to freaking cold. (laughs) I know. Literally everything. That is truly the theme of this month. Yeah. Every every single thing. And it's also like, not only are these sociopaths or narcissists, 
because they're so obsessed with themselves that they have to like document all of this awful stuff they do. Mm-hmm. Like they just talk and talk and talk about and they their all own have, selves. Like the same creepy voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're repulsive. It's also funny because they comment. I mean, I did not agree with this, but they comment in the abducted documentary that the kidnapper was like attractive. Like people were attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I didn't I didn't think he was very attractive. No. And but... also like it's not relevant. No, but that's the thing. It's like you were saying, like you can't just assume the best in some hot dude. Like that literally means tells you nothing about their character. If anything, now I'm done with attractive men. I only well, want exactly. ugly guys. Mm-hmm. I can maybe I can hopefully trust them more. I mean, I won't assume that because I no longer am going to assume anything about anyone. <laughs> but yeah, I literally ugh. have never date a man with a tape recorder or a man who has charisma or a personality. <laughs> so. With those with those traits, then we could easily find someone by the end of you the year. <laughs> I'm boring, only looking for someone who has boring, no personality. Man who does not own a tape recorder. <laughs> Imagine meeting someone now who had and frequently used, like, a literal tape recorder. <laughs> Not, like, a voice app on their phone or something yeah, technical. Like, five. an actual tape recorder. Red five. But what if it's, like, a talk boy, like in Home Alone 2? Oh, yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I always wanted acceptable. a talk girl. But then it, it reminds me of a search party. Yeah. Oh, so, gosh. So, anyway, watch it. Feel free to talk to us about it. We're very sad about it, but... But we need to talk about stuff like that. So even if it's uncomfortable. Exactly. So there's literally no way we could have chosen a boyfriend of the week from the shows that we were watching. No, 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 no way. But lucky for all of you and lucky for us, we went up to Sundance this weekend and we saw some hotties. And so we're allowing ourselves to choose from there. Mm -hmm. Is yours from a TV show? Yeah. Perfect. See, so it's perfectly relevant. Yeah. So, I'll go first. Okay. We were just standing outside while our friends were getting hot chocolate, and Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy slash Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, he walked right past us, and he's already the most beautiful human, I think, but he was even more beautiful in person. He looked so good. And it took me, like, I was like, I know him, I know him, but I definitely don't know someone that attractive in real life. So he must be a celebrity. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it is Jesse Williams. That's always kind of the thought process of being at Sundance. Like, that person looks so familiar to me, mm-hmm. but there's no way I know someone that good looking. Mm-hmm. And then it hits you. It's because you don't. You know them from your computer screen. <laughs> so that's my crush of the week. Who's yours? Mine is another Sundance encounter. I uh, was walking down Main Street and I saw someone kind of pass out the corner of my eye and it was Reed Scott, also known as Dan Egan from Veep, who is just like the dreamiest. He's the epitome of a hot dad. Now, I mean, now he is. Well, he's, yeah, but like. Because on Veep, he looks young because they shave his beard, like he doesn't have a beard. But in real life, he has like a salt and pepper beard and and he is just so good. And he's like, he's so funny on Veep. Like he's just such a dreamboat. So I didn't get to take a picture with him or anything, but I did kind of like run and try and like intercept him (laughs) because he was on his, he was, (laughs) 
<laughs> I tap him on the shoulder and take Can off my cap. Can you point to where the bus stop is? <laughs> and I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interesting. <laughs> he was with his wife, and so I didn't want to be, like, totally intrusive. But I was just like, read! Because <laughs> I'm on a first-name basis. But it's weird, because, like, do you say, like, their full name? Like, it's Read Scott! Read Scott! <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> um, anyway, and so I was like, Reed, and he like turned to look at me and I was like, I love you so much on Veep. And he was like, Thank you so much for saying that. And I was like, uh <laughs> and then he continued on his way. It was just like a healthy, happy encounter. He was like grinning and was just like sincerely seemed ve- I mean, maybe he's just an amazing amazing actor, but he seemed like genuinely like, so happy that I said that. Yeah. And well, it was he's so great. probably at that point of stardom where, like, people aren't always recognizing him. Yeah. Like, you have to really, really know, know where him. he's from. Because everything else he's kind of just been, like, on the side. I never saw mm-hmm. Venom, but, like, I know. Oh, that's right. I know he was in that, but, like, I still don't think people totally know who he is. No. So, I'm well, sure I... he's really honored. Yeah. Well, and it's like, who. That show is just the greatest thing that's ever happened to everyone on the show according to them you yeah. know like they love each other they love the show they're so proud of it yeah so he seemed we, really really happy yeah so it was really great we were really trying to run into him again so we could get a photo for our new logo it would just be a photo <laughs> it would be our, an instagram post our prof pic yeah and we would just repost it every week mm-hmm. we said but Alas, we did not run into him we did not run into him and he's not the only person we did not run into I didn't want to bring this up, but we were in the same vicinity as John Hamm. We did not see him. It's okay. I'm fine. But (laughs) I did drive up there when I found out he was still up there. And it was just too good to be true. Mm -hmm. It'll happen when I least expect it. He's very elusive. Yeah. He, you know what? I think he really loves Sundance, though. He does. He just, like, hangs out and, like, everyone gets selfies with him. So I totally Mm -hmm. thought it was doable, but... We also kind of timed it wrong because his premiere was in the middle of the day. So we knew where he was. We just couldn't get in because we didn't get on the wait list. Right. So anyway, we still saw some hotties. We still got crushes. We also we saw Zac Efron. Yeah, that was a that was huge. Yeah, I'm it really was a big one. That was it was fun. And it was also um, fun because I didn't really know what to expect with him. Like, would he be kind of like, I'm a serious actor now? Yeah, and, like, he was definitely surrounded by bodyguards and stuff, but he was still, like, waving and blowing kisses, and yeah, it was fun. He had a big old smile on his yeah. face. He he was into it, and it was really fun. Yeah. So, I'm so glad we saw him. And his, like, platinum hair. Yeah. We, we were, like, some first. of the first to see it. Mm-hmm. So, you heard it. You saw it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we broke the story. We saw it. We saw it first. You heard it here last. <laughs> it's old news now. <laughs> Happy watching. AKA try not to be depressed while watching. Watch watch it for sure. Yeah. And then follow it up with some of the feel good shows we recommended at the beginning. Yeah. From exactly. our top threes. That is your prescription from your medical doctors. Doctors orders. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>